Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. It's a Flyers Daily for Sunday, April 17th. Happy Easter Sunday to all who celebrate. Hope you have a great day today as the Flyers will be back in action tonight. Second half of a home-and-home back-to-back with the Buffalo Sabres, which, of course, game one was last night where the Flyers went down 4-3 in Buffalo in a game that was eerily similar to one that took place seven days prior against the Anaheim Ducks. Now, remember last Sunday... I was really perturbed at that Anaheim game. Flyers took that 2-0 lead in the first period with two early goals, Travis Sanheim and Ronnie Adderd. And then in the second period, 3-0-6 mark, Sonny Milano scored, then Zach Aston Reese and Trevor Zegers. Flyers did get it tied up in the third, and then Zegers scored again, and they got an empty netter, and they won the game 5-3. That was last Saturday night. The game last night against Buffalo, Flyers, two early goals. Joel Farabee and Owen Tippett put them up 2-0. They go to the first intermission, up 2-0. Remember, I just said that the first Anaheim goal was 3.06 into the second. The first Sabre goal was 3.17 into the second. Kyle Ocposo picked that up on the power play. And then at 8.27, Rasmus Dahlin got the goal. Flyers got it tied when Travis Konechny picked up his 14th to make it. Flyers once again took the lead when Travis Konechny scored his 14th to make it 3-2. Then Vinny Hinestrosa picked up his 12th goal of the season, tied it at three, and Tage Thompson rounded out the scoring in the second period. Flyers outshot in the second period in that game, 18-4. to They got outshot handily in that game in the second period against the Ducks as well. And you're facing a team in Buffalo or a team like Anaheim who had lost 13 of 14 games coming into that game a week ago. And Buffalo... We know where they are right now. They're, they're still struggling. Yeah, they've been better of late overall, but basically not a good team. It's not a team that's even on the fringe of the playoffs. And the Flyers let their foot off the gas again. And when I went off in that episode last week, I got some notes from people saying, why did that bother you so much? It's late in the year. These games don't mean anything. It's not about the result. For me, it's not about the result at all. It's about... Whatever that mentality is that's still present, I thought it was like weeding its way out a bit. We were not seeing some of these ugly traits for a while. But all of a sudden, in that Anaheim game, we saw that old trait. It's almost like an entitlement to win. You go up 2 nothing on a bad team, eh, we can skate, we can just glide the rest of the way, and we'll win the game. Well, in the NHL, you can't do that. And... You can do it if you're Colorado, you can maybe get away with it, or you're a team that can just go back out the next period and fill the net up. Flyers aren't that team. They haven't been that team all year. They weren't that team last year. And to see it happen a week later. Now, on Monday's episode, I said, okay, I'm calm about it now. We talked to Bill Meltzer, and I said, I'm willing to give the team the benefit of the doubt that that was a one-off, that that's not still part of their personality trait. But the next couple of games are going to show me. Now, the next game was the Washington game, which was hideous. They lost 9-2. to Then the game after that, on Wednesday night, they lose that one as well. And then this happens against the Buffalo Sabres. Again, you go up 2 nothing. You have a pretty solid first period, and you come out of it with something to show for it, a 2 nothing lead. And then you come out in the second, and it's an absolute clunker. Why does it continue to happen? Now, last season, it was first periods. The Flyers were hideous in the first. This year, they've been better in the first, but hideous in the second. 
That has been their worst period. So, yeah, you fixed one problem, but you, you have another one. It's almost like you have a big pimple on your forehead, you get rid of it, but another one pops up at the same time on your nose. It's not making you look any better because the, it doesn't help you get the desired result. And again, this isn't about the result of them losing to Buffalo. It's about the way they lost to Buffalo. And what I need to figure out, what everybody needs to figure out, what the organization needs to figure out, is what's the trigger? You can't fix something if you don't know why it's happening. You can't, you got to attack the root cause. What is the cause of this? Why is it continuing to happen? These are professional hockey players. A lot of these guys have won at every level they've ever been at. But for some reason, for the last couple of years, this trait has been relatively consistent. And consistent against bad teams. So why does it keep happening? you got to find out what's wrong before you can fix it. Now, I look at the possibilities. Okay, an easy one to go is coaching. It's coaching. I don't know if it's coaching. Is it the coach's job to say, and I'm sure they do, guys, let's not let up here in the second period. we got a 2 nothing lead. We put ourselves in good position for this game. Let's go out in the second, and let's weather the storm and turn the momentum back. You can say those things, but the coach isn't going out there and skating the shift. So I don't, I don't know how I can blame coaching. Is it the players, or is it leadership? It, is it a leader's job to to say what the coach just said, no let up here in the second period. You can say those things, but it's a collective problem. And the reason why I want to figure out what this problem is and I want them to solve this problem, and I don't even want this problem to exist, the, the reason why I'm so angry about it again is because I don't want the young players that are just coming up here, guys like Owen Tippett, Bobby Brink, Noah Cates, other young players, Igor Zamula, to grab this trait by proxy because they're exposed to it. It's got to be ridded of, of this team. This trait has to go. Even if they're not a team that contends for the playoff next year, you got to remove this trait from the DNA of play. I, it just it irks me so bad because it feels to me, I know, that, I know it's not the players going, ah, we did enough in the first, we're good. It, it feels like an entitlement. If people have any ideas of what they think is the cause of this or how to fix this, please hit me up on Twitter, at Jason Mert. You can uh, just hit me with a tweet or you can DM me. My DMs are open. And I don't know. I, I don't know how it continues. I, it's so confounding to me. You get a team on the ropes like that. Buffalo watched out the Flyers in the first period, 9-7. to seven, they, they were down 2 nothing. Buffalo had the puck more. They, they, had the, they won the possession battle in the first. To me, that's come out in the second period and go, okay, now let's snap their neck. But it goes the other way. Let's get to some Twitter questions. Isaiah from O&B Puck tweets in. He says, the air's out of the balloon for some of these vets in particular, and the way they're throwing the puck around was maddening. That's not a question, but yeah, it is maddening. It's Again, it's just not bearing down on the play. And that's how you... Find a way to let a team back in it. Then they grab momentum and they score four second-period goals. The Buffalo Sabres score four second-period goals. Are you kidding me? Three of them on east-west passes from the same spot. Maddening. Carl tweets in. He says, who cares as long as they lose out the rest of the schedule? Really hope they get into the bottom three. Well, look, they're going to land where they land. 
And again, it's not about the result for me. I know there's still some people that want them to lose because that's going to give them a better chance at player X or player Y in the lottery. There's no sure things in this draft. You know, is this a draft with Neil Yakupov as the number one overall pick? Is Shane Wright Neil Yakupov? I don't think so. But there's no generational player in this draft. Flyers Eric tweets and he says, what do you think it'll cost for the Flyers to trade for Mark Shifley if it's true the Jets are shopping him? Well, I don't know that the Jets are. There's been a lot of a lot of chatter around the Winnipeg Jets that they may look to do some things because they've kind of slid backwards this season for sure. And you look at Shifley, he's in that 2011 draft with uh, Sean Couturier. He has three more years left on his contract, or two more years after this one on his contract at $6.125 million. The contract's not bad. 29-year-old, good player. I, I don't think that they will be moving him, but you know I'm not sure what you'd have to give up to get him. And I'm not sure that I'm chomping at the bit to grab a 29-year-old player, even though he's only got two years after this. He does have a modified no-trade clause, which means he has to submit a list of 10 teams that he cannot be traded to. So I think that that's unlikely. I think that the Jets probably won't trade him, but I would have some mild interest. Chris tweets in and says, thoughts on JVR. Everyone's talking about a package uh, to package him with picks to move him or buy him out. Flyers look like it's going to be a couple years to compete. Why lose picks or put dead money on your cap for future years during a retool? It's a rebuild. Um, I agree. You know, I'm not giving up organizational assets to trade a guy. I need these picks in this draft. I need them in the next draft. And I don't want to give up those picks. The buyout is minimal relief for the team. You don't get all $7 million. It'll give them some north of three and a half million, but it's not as pronounced as you think. Maybe JVR getting the 20 goals with only one year on his deal, some team's interested in him, perhaps. We'll see. But again, I'm, I tend to agree with you, Chris. I'm not making moves and sweetening trades in that scenario because I can't force things. I have to be patient and I have to be diligent with a plan. And the plan has to be have legs. It can't just be for a quick fix to next year. So it's not a, a sell-all type mode for me. Uh, Christian Dusing tweets in and says, who's your number one target for the Flyers in the offseason? Well, that depends. If you're talking free agency and Philip Forsberg's there, that's probably the number one guy. But you also have to shed money to be able to sign Philip Forsberg. He's going to cost you a lot of money, and they don't have that kind of cap space. I mean, Goudreau is an obvious one. He's having a Hart Trophy-type year. His five-on-five numbers are absurd. He's had an amazing season. Uh, but, you know, there's going to be a lot of competition for those guys, and you pay. You pay a premium when you go into the UFA market for players like Philip Forsberg, for players like Johnny Goudreau. W. Browdy tweets in, or Brody, and says, how can a pro team have a power play which is so inept? That's a good question. I mean, you understand it a little bit now because they traded away, you know, their number one skilled player in Claude Giroux. But even before they traded him, the power play, it's been a, a disaster this year. I mean, you're looking at a power play that's clicking at 12%. I mean, that's, oof, that's stunning to me. Uh, Kelly Blase or Blaze tweets in and says, 
What's your level of confidence in Ryan Ellis being a significant contributor next season? If it's little to none, we need another one hand or one right D, so a top pairing right defenseman. Uh, even if he plays very well for 50 to 60 games, we still need a top pairing right side D man. Um, my level of confidence about him being a significant contributor next season, I don't know, very low. I mean, the guy's played four games this year. I'm not exactly sure what the injury is or if there's a holdup and why he hasn't had surgery. So it's a really hard question for me to answer with any kind of positivity because I don't even know what the injury is. I don't know what the timetable is. You know, some injuries prevent you from going forward and being able to, to be a productive hockey player. Does he have one of those, or is it just something that can be taken care of this offseason and he can come back and be relative 100%, even at 100%, if it is that? Is he going to be able to stay healthy? That's all part of the equation. As far as needing another top-pairing defenseman on the right side, where are you going to get that? Where's the money going to come from to get that? Tom tweets in and says, any guesses on who has a legitimate shot to make the team next season versus starting on the Phantoms, Brink, Adder, Cates, etc., obviously pending some off-season moves. Well, obviously Owen Tippett is ticketed for the team. I think Bobby Brink is as well, and I think Noah Cates. I think Rodney Adder is going to start out with the Phantoms and – We'll see where he goes from there. But he's he needs some more seasoning. John Williams tweeted in and said, this is one of those forget it and move on games. I like what I'm seeing out of the young guys. See, I'm not there with you, brother. I can't go, hey, forget it and move on. When this same thing happened last Saturday, the same exact thing. You're up 2-0 after one against a bad team. You go out in the second period and you lose the lead. You come out of the period down. Now, to me, it's not one of those ones I'm just going to forget it and move on. It's just not the way. This has to be taken very seriously. I think it's a very important thing that this trait is still existing for this team. Uh, at Soccer Dad PA tweets in and says, The Flyers need to trade for a solid, healthy goalie. Hart has been wasted, and his agent needs to have him hold out for a trade. Rebuild from the crease forward. Um, he's 23 soccer dad and he'll be 24 coming up this summer I think in August he just signed a new three-year deal most goalies in the NHL aren't even to the show by the age of 23 and if his agent tried to do that he probably wouldn't keep any clients because teams would not work with him so I get you're mad but that's absurd all right that's gonna put a wrap on Twitter questions I hope everybody has a great Easter Sunday And the Flyers are back at it tonight. They'll take on the Sabres once again. We'll break it down tomorrow, plus Bill Meltzer and much more. Everybody have a great Easter. We'll talk to you on a brand new Flyers Daily tomorrow.